0: This week's parsha is Parsha Shemais. The parsha speaks about the way that when Maisha Abeno was born, Isayki Taihu, the Torah describes Maisha Abeno as being Tav, as being very good. Something special about baby Maisha, Meisher Abeno from inception was already considered to be excellent. Now, what exactly this means as a subject to a machlegis in Chazal, the Gemara and Saita, and Yad Be'ezam says, that Rav Meir says, Taiv Shemite, his name was Taiv. When it says in the Pasuk, Ki Taivu, that was just identifying his name, one of the names of Meishu Rabbeinu. He had many names. He had Avigdur, Yakusiel, Myshe, and one of the names was Taiv. Rabbi Yehuda says, "Tovia Shemai." Rabbi Nechemy says that Taiv means Hagun l'nivius. He was suitable to be a Navi. That's what Taiv means. I'm Imrim, say, Naila Kishu mahal. that he was born when he was Mahal. He was Gemalt. He was already. He was already born Gemalt. He was already born Mahal. He didn't need to have an actual bris because he was already born circumcised, which happens uh, occasionally by big tzaddikim. Uh, That's the way they're born. You have to do hatafistam bris. There's a a mitzvah still to to draw some blood, uh, even though a person is born mahol. But that's what the Pasuk is saying, that he was born, that Moshe Rabbeinu was taiv, according to acherim, what that means is that he was born Mahal. That's what it means that he was good. So if you look in Tisus in Saita, on base over there, he asks something very fundamental. If I would have made it clearer, you would see that the Machlekes is between Rav Meir, and then a few other Tanoim, and then Acherim. So Rav Meir was the one that says that his name was Taiv. Acherem was the one that says that he was Neulad Mahal. So Tysa says, wait a minute. Isn't there a Gemara in Harias that says that Rav Meir is Acherem? Rav Meir and Acherem are sort of always understood to mean that it's just another way of saying Rav Meir. So how do you have a Machlekes in how to understand the word taiv between Rav Meir and Acherem if it's the same person? That's Tysus' Kasha. So Tysus says that he saw in a Kuntrist Sarfas, in a French Kuntrist, in a French notebook, that um, you know, apparently Chidushim from France, that there was a Kabbalah. That anything that Rav Meir heard from Acher, we know that Rav Meir was like a Talmud Chaver, a friend and a colleague, and a, maybe a little bit of a Talmud even of Acher, the infamous Elisha ben Abuya. Elisha ben Abuya was uh, was somebody who was a great Talmud Chacham. He was one of uh, he learned together. He taught tremendous people. For some reason, he went off the daruch. It was a very, very notorious case of a person that tremendous Adam Gadul Bataira, but he went off the derech. And we, we don't call him by his name. We call him Elisha Ben Abuya. We, we call Elisha Ben Abuya by the name Acher because he, was, he went off. He went astray. Now, Rav Meir and Acher were very close. They were... Rav Meir sort of, we have had many Gemaras that they were walking together, they were talking and learning together. They were very, very close. And Rav Meir received a lot of Torah from Acher. Whenever Rav Meir quoted his, quoted Acher, it wasn't his own personal Torah, but it was from a Elisha ben Abuya. So then the Mishnah calls it Acherim. Because it's sort of like a, it's a, it's a, it's a takeoff on acher. It's instead of acher, we call it Acherim. So that's what Taisa says that when we say that Rav Meir is Acherim, it doesn't mean that that's his own taira. When Rav Meir is quoting acher, when Rav Meir is quoting Elisha ben Abuya, it's termed as Acherim Aimrim. We call it Acherim, but it's not really, uh, it's not Rav Meir's taira himself, and therefore it's it's not it's very understandable why there's a Machlekes, how there could be a Machlekes between Rav Meir and Acher and Acherim because it's not, Acherim is not interchangeable with Rav Meir it's when Rav Meir quotes Elisha ben Abuya, we call it Acherim, but he doesn't always have to agree with him. That's what Taisus says and um, Tisus, if you see the Taisus, he doesn't really uh, like that shot too much, he rejects it, but even when Tisus rejects a pshat, that doesn't mean that it just dissipates. We have many Svar many Mekairas that even when Tisus rejects something, it, there's still great Taira to it. There's still, there's still Emmas to it. So based on this, um, what I wanted to say was as follows, in explaining and giving a little pshat now, in, in what Achayrim said, that Taiv means that he was nayla kishu mo. What does that mean? Why is the fact that he was born Mohol, why does that make him consider Tayyip? Why do we call him Tayyip based on that? So you have to hear this uh, Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi in Chagiga, that's quoted in the Bavli, in Tisis and Chagiga, in Talmud Bavli, on uh, of and Manalif. um It quotes B'Shem the Yerushalmi as follows. There's a pasuk in Kaelas. The pasuk in Kahela says, achris davar What does that mean? Davar me the simple pshat is that something is good. Um, achris davar me That something at the end is better than it is at the beginning. So Rav Meir says, "What is the pshat in that pasuk?" He says, "Sometimes a person has children when they're young, and the children die." And then he had children later on in life and they survived. So his legacy is continued later in life. So the Meir says that's the chat on the pasuk. It's better uh, the Achristavar, what happens at the end of life, sometimes what you do later in your life is better than Meir than what happens at the beginning. Sometimes you do things at the beginning, it doesn't pan out. And at the end of life, later in life, it does. So Acher, Elisha ben Abuya, comes over to Rameir and says, You know what? Nice pshat, I like it, it's good, but your Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva, didn't say like you. Meaning, Elisha ben Abuya knew Rabbi Akiva in this regard, in this case, more than Acher was, was a Talmud of Rabbi Akiva. He says, He has a different pshat in this pasuk. Listen to Acher's pshat in this pasuk. Tayv Acher's davar me Sai. It's better, it's best, something that happens at the end, may reshisai from the beginning. What does that mean? What that means is, according to Rabbi Akiva, taiv achris davrashu, taiv may reshisai. That you know when something is good at the end, when it starts good, when the foundations of something are very strong then at the end, you know, then it it, it it could really grow well. The tree could grow well if the seeds are strong. At the reishis, at the inception, when you're starting something, if you build it and it's strong and it's good foundationally, then it could be good at the end. But if it's if it's not good, if it's faulty, if the foundation is not stable and solid at the beginning, then don't believe that it's going to end up to be that good in the end. That's Rabbi Akiva's pshat. That's what Acher says. And then Acher says something else. He says, "Ubi have a And you know what? That pshat is autobiographical. That is my, that's the story of my life. That's what happened to me. Acher was very well aware that he went off the derech and that something really got messed up badly. He says that, if you want to understand what happened to me, my trajectory, it's this. What happened? He says, My father... His name was Abuya, and he had me, and then I was born, and by my bris, all the G'dayla Yerushalayim, he said that his father was one of the G'dayla Yerushalayim, and he invited all the G'dayla Yerushalayim to attend this this baby's bris, who would some day be Elisha uh, ben Abuya. And all the people were eating their bagels and their locks and their, drinking their orange juice, and and then, while they were doing this, so two great Tanam that were invited, Rabbi Laza and Rabbi Yeshua, came, and they said, you know what, while everybody's eating and drinking, let's go and learn. Everybody's busy eating and drinking, let's, let's us go and learn our Torah. So they went off to a side room, and they started learning, and the Gemara says that when they were learning, yarda ashmanashama a fire came down from heaven the kifai son and surrounded the two of them on abuya gavrin abuya comes into the room you know i guess the, the fire alarm started going off like yesterday and uh, so he was uh, got very nervous he runs in there what are you guys doing look what's going on there's fire you're you're trying to burn my house down and they said, no, we're learning, and we're going from Tyre to Nevi'im, we're jumping from Nevi'im to Ksuvim, we're going through Shas, we're taking a journey through that Shas, and And it was so pleasurable, the experience of learning Tyre together, that it was Mamish, like Harsinai, and Harsinai, of course, the Tyre was given, there was fire surrounding Harsinai, so. Mamela, that's what the fire wasn't like a fire that's gonna burn your house down. It's a holy fire, an ishkadesh that surrounded us, and that, you know, and that and that that's what you're seeing. Now Abuya was never exposed to that, as was, you know, who was exposed to this? So you have to be at our Sinai to, to experience that Esha So Abuya said, Hail the Kach, Kaicha Shel I didn't realize this, but if that's the power of Tairah. If my baby survives, again, in those days, I guess it was, uh, people's life expectancy wasn't so great. They were worried about, you know, uh, infants died all the time. And, you know, but if my baby survives, la ni ani mafrishai, I'm going to be mafrishim to I'm going to dedicate him. I'm going to devote his life making sure that he is going to be a Tamil I want him to be somebody that could experience this experience of Kinesinasim Misinai. And Acher continues, <laughs> Because his Kavana was not l'shem shamayim, because he was very excited, Abuya, in raising his child, but not for the right reasons. He didn't want to raise him to be a ben Tirah because Taira is the right derech in life and because there's a tremendous mitzvah of Talmud and because, you know, you get Nenim, Eitzvah, Sashiyah and all the things that... No, I want him to be a Tamochachim, not to be a Talmudhachim, but because of a little bit of Shiloh Lashmah. I want to, I want him to be on the Madregah Ribalazar be Yeshua and see the fire of Tyra. Because of that, says acher Lufiikhlain that's why Tyra didn't remain with me. That's why I ended up going off the derech, because something in the foundations was was off. If at my bris my father would not have seen them, my father would just have had all the purest intentions, then I would stand a chance, I'd probably be excellent, because my reishis my would be good. You know, when things are good at the end, May if at the beginning, if the foundations are strong and solid and, and unsullied by any impure thoughts, then the achris is going to be good. But because when I started out my journey in life from my eighth day at my bris, my father put into me invested a little bit of shleilish lishma, and so therefore says acher that's what happened to me that of Rabbi akiva mereshisai happened to me i didn't have that rachis and therefore my achis wasn't good i didn't have the mereshis my from the beginning of me if i would have had a solid foundation boy i would be amazing but Alas, I wasn't zeichet to that because my father Abuya had this kavanashle lishma. That's the that's the Yerushalmi in Chagiga. It's right at the beginning of Chagiga, and it's brought in Taisus in Chagiga and in Babli on Daf Tesvab Aleph. Based on this, what I was thinking to say is the following: When the pasuk says vatera isekitayvu that the mother saw that he was taiv. He was taiv. Acheirim says, who so according to Taisus in that pshat is Acher, Acheirim's pshat is, Acher's pshat is, that he was noilad mohl. What's the sheichest of being taiv and noilad mohl? I think according to this, it's very gishmak. Because Acher understood that from his own story, because he had a brisk, because he was not noilad mohl. He had a bris. At that bris there was something that was not tithe that was put into him and that's what caused him to eventually go off the derech because there wasn't a tithe at the inception. Says acher vatei reisik hitayvu was good meaning his inception had no <speaking> in shloi <Spanish> l'shma you know why? He didn't have the experience that I did. He didn't have a bris. There was no event of a bris that would have the ability of people looking at him and think something that maybe sheloil and so therefore he was able to have an achris that was taiv, taiv achris So taiv according to Achir Elisha ben Abuya himself autobiographically understood that he must have been nayilat mal. If he's going to be taiv at the when he was born, that means that. There's a problem if you'd have a bris. Not that a bris is in itself a problem, but at least in the case of Acher personally, it's a problem. I saw a a beautiful pshat from the Satmar Rebbe just in line with what we just said that there's a Mishnah and Avis the Mishnah Anavis in, in Perek Mishnah Chaf says, Elisha ben Abuya Aimer, the same Eli- Elisha ben Abuya Acher says, If a person teaches a child, you're a Rebbe in like a first grade class and you have the opportunity to teach little children, what is that like? It's like ink that's written on a brand new piece of paper. You have a a fresh canvas to draw a painting on, or you have a fresh, you know, the first day of class. I don't know if you had this, maybe I was nerdy, but I used to like, you know, the first day of class, the first day of school, because you have a brand new loose leaf... And you have dividers, and everything is nice and new and clean. It's before all your papers got ripped up and, you know, that you have to put reinforcements on the, you know, if you know what I'm talking about, you know, uh, on the loose-leaf paper, and the whole thing looks disheveled like a week later. But the first day you it's like you smell the fresh paper, and you're able to write your notes, and the first day's notes is always, like, neat and, like, really perfect. And then eventually it just, like, it goes downhill from there. But when you have a chance to teach a a child, a fresh child with like fresh eyes and he's excited and, you know, that's like, says Alisha ben that's like somebody that's teaching, that's writing on a fresh piece of paper. And then he says, and if you teach an older person, it's nice to teach older people also, but that's like L'di'aykzival nir machag, that's already, you take a, you know, you're writing, but it's on a piece of paper that's already beaten and battered and erased and whatever and now you're trying your best to write something but it's not... It's not as as as, as when it's a brand new piece of paper. Frek Sat Marebbe, he asks as follows, that why did Rabbeinu HaKadosh say Elisha ben Abuya's name? Normally that's not done. We always call him Acher. Today we learned that sometimes we call him Acherim. But we don't call him by his name. He didn't end up so good. So why are we calling him in the Mishnah, Elisha ben Abuya? Plus, he asks another question that if you look in the Avastir of the same exact memrah is brought, from a different Tana from Rebbelazer ben Yaakov. So take Rebbelazer ben Yaakov. Why are you quoting Elisha ben Abuya? And if you're going to quote him, quote him, you know, by Acher or something. Why are you quoting him by his name? So the Samareba brilliantly says, based on this that we just said, that Rabbi Akiva with the Gemara with with the Yerushalmi type Achis Dover that Achis can only be good if it's Mereshisai unless you have a good start it's not going to work out later well it has to have good fundamentals and the biggest proof to this is Elisha Ben Abuya Elisha Ben Abuya by his own admission says that I didn't have that good start my start was not good and therefore, we see very clearly that what he's saying, as by the way, a lot of memras in, in Perkei Avis are Huayah Aimer. A lot of times it says that Lashne, in Perkei Avis, Huayah Aimer. A lot of th- what does it mean, Huayah Aimer? It doesn't mean that he used to say, obviously we know that if, he's, if it's quoted from him, he's the one that says it. You know what Huayah Aimer means? Huayah Aimer means that his essence bespoke this. Whoever this Tana was, if you do a little research and figure out who this Tana was, the memory that he says is him. Who? Haya Aimer. He was saying what he himself experienced. It wasn't just pontificating things that are theoretical things. This was his life. This was his essence. This might have been a Mida that he perfected, or it might have been something that he experienced. When we sang that Elisha ben Abuya was the one that says that Halai made Tinaik. That means that Elisha ben Abuya himself was saying, that's me. I'm telling you something from my own personal experience. That when you have a child, he's a, a, a blank canvas. He's fresh, he's clean. You could impress on him anything that you want, so be careful. Because if you do good stuff in him, he's going to be amazing. But if you put in little kavanish le if you have bad thoughts, bad intentions, a little bit off that are not pure, that's going to develop into something that is not good at the end. Elisha ben Abuya, that was his memra, because that is who he was. He understood that he himself had to be um, he became who he was. He, he looked back and he blamed his father for not having the purest of intentions, and because of that, this is what this is what took root in him, and something later on developed bad in him. The Gemara, by the way, in Chagiga explains things that he did wrong. It wasn't just you can't just blame your parents for everything and say that you know, and I'm 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 absolved because my parents did something wrong. He also did things wrong. The Gemara says that either he had, uh, he had Greek. You know, books that he was reading, like when he was, got up from learning his, some Greek, Greek culture books fell off of his lap or he was listening to, to Gaisha music of some sort. But that might have also been because of the, the races. Something in the inception was off and therefore things happened, things spiraled out of control later in life. I'll tell you a story. The great Panavichirov, Rav Kahneman, Rav Yasev Shleimah Kahneman, a legend. He was the one that, the, he was a Rav in Panovich, which is a city in, in Lita in Lithuania. Basically his whole family, Kemat his whole family and his whole community and all his Talmidim were killed in the Holocaust. He somehow was able to escape and he made it to Eretz Yisrael. And he dedicated his life to rebuilding Taira and Eretz Yisrael uh, that was lost in Europe. And he was, wildly successful. He built Panovich. Uh, he he was he got a mountain, a little mountain in Bnei Brak. He built on the top of the mountain this magnificent uh, yeshiva called Panovich. I don't know if anyone ever visited there, but it's a, it's a huge campus, and the base medrash is rocking Kul like, wow. Um, there's a beautiful golden Arun Akhidesh that was imported from Italy like a hundreds of years old that, that graces the Mizrachvand and very, very, uh, you know, iconic uh, Arun Akhaidesh that we have pictures of the great Rosh Yeshiva Zapanovic, including Rav and Rav Shmuel Rizowski, and uh, the Rav Chatzko, the Mashkiach, and Rav Dessler speaking in front of this magnificent Arun. And he built this Yeshiva from scratch He raised all the money, he traveled all over the world speaking and giving chizuk and collecting millions of dollars to build this campus and to maintain it. He was tremendously successful. And he was uh, approached one day by a a rosh yeshiva, a younger rosh yeshiva, who also started a yeshiva, but it was failing. The yeshiva was really like not doing well and he was mired by debt and the boys weren't uh, so, learning so well. And a lot of tsarists that were taking place in the yeshiva. So he went to the Panevich Rav for some advice like what, you know, what's going on here? What can I do better? So the Panevich Rav said, let me ask you a question. When you founded the yeshiva, when they like broke ground to build this yeshiva that you're the Rosh yeshiva of, what did you do that day? What was the, tell me the Seder Ayyem of that day when they broke ground? He said, Oh, that, we had, you know, we put the helmets on, we had the, you ever see these pictures of like groundbreaking, uh, you know, it's a big thing and they have a big, you know, speeches and fancy. So that's what we did. We, we had, uh, we all took shovels, we had a photo op, we took pictures, we had a, uh, you know, we had a big, uh, big meal that day and, you know, we, beautiful speeches were given and that's what we did when we broke ground. He says, Okay, now I understand the problem. He says, let me tell you what I did when I started Panovich. The day that I started Panovich, the day the tractors came to start digging up the foundation of Panovich, I fasted the whole day. I davened like crazy. I shed bitter tears. I had a minion of Tamidich sitting on that spot and learning Torah, Kinesin, Asa, like like Rabbalozin, Rabbi Yeshua. They were learning on that spot. I hired them, and I learned with them, and I gave a chaburah. That's what I did that day. Everything starts from the inception. If the roots, if the foundations are strong, then you'll have amazing success. If the foundations are weak, if there's something sheloilishma, if it's all you know, fun and games and and celebrations and parties and 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 that's. It may work, it may not work, but there's a good chance that it's not going to work. The best way to guarantee success is that when you start something out, make sure that you have all of the right kavanas baked into the, baked into the product. If you have good ingredients in the cake, the adage goes, then it's going to be a good cake. If I, put, you know, I go to the store and I get very good flour and good oil and good uh, chocolate and good uh, vanilla, then it's going to be a good cake. But if I get like the cheapest products and I buy everything on sale and old stuff, and whatever, and I, it's, it's, you, it's not going to be better than what ingredients are baked into it. When you have kavanas l'shem Shamayim, going into a, any new enterprise, whether it's having a child, whether it's uh, getting married, whether it's uh, having, uh, building a house, building a shul, building a yeshiva, whatever it is when you have good intentions when your kavanas are pure and l'shem shamayam then there's a very very good chance that whatever you do is going to be wildly successful if you invest kavanas that are shwayilishma if your kavanas are somewhat impure you're not you don't want to get married because you want to you know be makhayim the mitzvahs and have a family and 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 spread tire You you, have, you want to get married because I don't know you like the girl you're this and that and you know you have typhus and you have a uh, you know whatever you're and that, that's not always so bad. It's a good thing also. But if your whole intention is that, that's not a great way to start a foundation. There has to be. Pure kavanas. You have to, and you have to think about it. It's not, a, you don't have to like, you know, get into a, just have thoughts of kavanas l'shem Shemaim. My intentions are to build a Bayes' name of Israel. I want to do this for the Rabbi Nishlam. My kavanas are pure in their Lashma. Agav, I also, you know, I, I, I have other things that, that's fine. But the main Kavanis should be this. This is my Kavanah. Why am I starting a business? I'm starting a business not because I want to drive a Lexus and I want to do this and I want to do that. I'm starting a business because I want to be my finance, my family. I want to be a Zvolan like we spoke about last week. I want to support Tyre. I want to raise my children healthy and happy. That's what I want the Rabbi to give me brach. If that's your kavanah when you start a business, your, your business will flourish. If your kavanah is just because you want to be rich and you want to be famous and you want to be a, you know, a big, big knocker, then, you know, it might work, but it might not work. If you want HaKadosh Baruch Hu's bracha in life, you have to know that that the ratios of something has to be good. By the way, this doesn't mean, this does not mean that, okay, well, you know what, I, I, I grew up and I wasn't really, uh, that, that, you know, my parents weren't that from when I grew up, so my, by my bris there's probably a lot of shleil shema, and now I'm doomed. That's not the takeaway. And I'll bring you a proof that I just thought of the second. You know what my proof is that, that that's just not the case? Who is the Baal Memra here? Who said this vart of Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Akiva, he, the first 40 years of his life, he was an Amaretz, by his own admission. He did not like Tyra, did not like to meet the Chachamim. And so... He was a good person. Tyson says by the way he was an He wasn't a bad guy. He was a he was he was he was a good person. He had a good heart, but he he was not exactly did not have a great, you know, biography the first forty years of his life was not glowing. But he he when he set himself himself on the right path, look out. His racist was at forty years old and then, you know, he was off the charts. So don't like say, okay, you know what, no wonder, I, 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 now I understand because oh, I know why I'm not this and why I'm not that because my parents... No, no, no. When you decide today, if we decide that from now on I want my ratio starting today to be amazing, then you, you're off to a brand new start. You're a diyai al your... You're a brand new piece of paper starting from today. You're starting new. You start fresh today. You're good. And this is a tremendous... The the Vilna Gaim, by the way, said something amazing. He said that if a person would build a shul and the shul would be built with material... That was all lishmah, That was all processed lishmah, Meaning, the trees were were everything was kosher, and you, you, you paid with kosher geld. The money was clean. That was used to buy and every all the kavanas were the right kavanas. And you know, would, then he says it would be impossible to daven in this shul without proper kavanah. I'm not saying that the inverses should. I'm not saying that if you don't have kavana, that means that there must be a lot of shle in the building of the shul, but that's what the guy says, and I think he gets it from the Gemara. Uh, the Gemara that speaks about um, how uh, there was a certain Chia, um, Chia, uh, was a person who uh, uh, he said that it, that that I could I could basically the whole entire world could exist because of me. Why? What does he do that's so special? He says, "Well, when he teaches little children." What he does is he doesn't just buy uh, cloth from the store and, and, write the, uh, and write svarim on the cloth to give to the kids, but rather he does everything. He, makes the, he plants the seeds to make the flax, to make the nets, and then he catches deer, and then he, he, he shefts the deer, and he, every, you know, and then part of the deer he gives to Hanim, and the, and the cloth he keeps, and he, he writes it with a special dia and with a kavanis. And, and that's, and that's what he does. Before he teaches the children, he wants to make sure that every ingredient that goes into the process is pure and clean and lishma. And the Gemara says, "Kama how great is what Chia did. Whenever you have kavanas lishma going into it, the more lishma you bake into anything that you do, the more success that you'll find that you have. It's a tremendous yisite in life. In any, in any field that you do, whatever you want to do, if it's the first day of a new Zman and you have Kavanah L'Shma, the first day of the Zman, you're going to have a great Zman. Mir If you have a, if you're, whatever it is, if you're starting a summer job, if you're doing a regular job, if you're, if you are you want to start a new uh, Limud, whatever, you have Kavanah L'Shma, you think just for a second, Rabbi Shlem, I'm doing this for you, please give me a, Siat L'Shma'ya. Your, your business will boom, your chinuch will boom, your children will bloom, your, your family will be amazing, everything will be good because you invested the achristavr from the reishisai, from the, from the onset. From the beginning stages, you planted good seeds and that is the secret to success in life. It would be uh, criminal if I didn't say the famous Emesli Yaakov, or Yaakov Kamenetsky's famous Yesaid, which I think fits perfectly, he says that when Meshe Rabbeinu was born three months later, after he was called Taib, they had to put him in the, in the river, in a, in, a, in a little boat. So, and then Basya Baspara fishes him out of the water, and Chazal tells us that she tried to give him to eat, to, to suck from Gayesh uh, Mitzri women, he wouldn't do it. Mesh Rabin refused because of Pesh uh, Aslu Dabra that a mouth, the rabbin, Mesh Rabbin's mouth is going to speak to the Rabbin Shlam can't, can't, can't nurse from, from, uh, from Mitzri. So until then, that's when Miriam came to the rescue and she brought her to you know, Yechevet and then his mother, and, and Yechev was able to feed Mesh Rabinu and the rest is history. So if you look in the Ramah, in Shulchanaruch Yerudei and Pe'alef Siv Zayin The Ramah says That Yisraelis um, He says The Ramah Paskins That you shouldn't give a a, a Jewish baby If let's say the mother is not feeling well And you can't she can't feed her child The Jewish mother So you shouldn't give the Jewish this Jewish baby To a non-Jewish woman To be a wet nurse for To to give To, to feed Why? Um because he says that it's going to be mitamdim the it's going to be myled like tevarat, it's going to be bad for the child. Okay, if you look in the bir hagra on that siman in Shulchan Aruch, he brings this from a Rashba, and the Rashba says of the Makar for this, where to, why is it? Because we learn it from Meish It's not, you know, it's. That's pretty self-evident. Where does this halacha come from? It comes from the Chazal, from the Agadah. To he didn't want to. He didn't want to feed from Egyptian women. So therefore, if you have a baby in two thousand twenty-one, two thousand twenty-two, then you know, then the, you should not uh, give it, give the baby to a, a to a gayish woman to feed from herself because you have to give it to a Jewish woman because uh, because because of this halacha. That's the makar. Meisher to 2021. So Rabbi Hakim I says, What? The reason why Meshav Rabbeinu did not feed from a Gaiusha woman was because he had a pear It's a mouth that was going to f- feed from the Shechina. That's, that's the reason that Chazal gave us. So because I have a baby today in 2021 you have a bris, and now, uh, you know, I, I mean, and now the baby is born. It can't, and it needs to, needs to You have to be Machben on a, a, a Jewish woman? For what? Is this baby gonna have a, a mouth that's gonna speak to the Shekhinah? I, I just had my in here. It's a little kid. America, two thousand twenty, get with the program. He's not speaking to no Shekhinah. Cesar Biakov Kamenetsky, a Gevaldegi Yassai, a trem- th- very famous Yassai from him, but it's something that we all have to chazar If we don't know it already, then it's, it's a very important var to remember. He says that you have to raise a baby, any baby, you have to raise him kiilo, he will have the ability to speak to the shchina. Don't put him down right away. Don't write him off and say, you know, that's the problem. That's, that's what happened to Abuya's father. Eh, you know, uh, you know. You have a kavanah shema. You have a baby, you have to put everything into that baby. You have to believe this is the future gadu adar. This is the future maishra If you have a baby and you say, nah, you know, I don't know if he's maishra maybe he's something else, then it's already shvach. If you put in all the good ingredients, you say, yes, this baby will be Medabri mashchina. Now you can already raise a Jewish child. It has to be with the full intent, all the best invested, all the best... All the best kaychas that you're putting in to this baby, and then you have to daven a lot, but then the baby has a really good chance of being successful in life in terms of whatever you wanted him to be. I just saw somebody sent me... uh, very late last night, uh, a story. I didn't. I only read it once, so I hope I don't mess it up. But it's sort of. It's such a great story. I wanted to share it with you, and I think it sort of ties in very well with what we're saying. So it, it was written by a by a child, who was reminiscing about his parents. Now his parents. This took place in Israel. Father was. They were very, very. Uh, you know, like very poor. They grew up very poor and everything, they weren't frugal, the parents, just they had to be. They had to budget everything because money was very tight. And so this child is describing an experience that they had that everything was very, very pitsimpsum. Like, you know, they didn't buy anything extra. They never went to a restaurant in their life. They never spent, you know, the no luxuries. Everything was, they had a very happy life. It doesn't mean that they were suffering, but everything had to be very exact. There was no room for any extra and that's how they grew up. Once a year, they would go on a family trip together. This family, and uh, it was a very big deal. You know, they were good. But even there, everything was budgeted. There wasn't, you know, they they, they weren't. The father told them exactly what the itinerary was and exactly what they were going to eat. They, they didn't. They didn't have, you know, the. They didn't. He didn't want to hear on the trip. How could we uh, stop off there at the bowling alley and we go do laser tag? Every single thing was already, you know, was already set in stone, this is what we're doing, and this is exactly how much money we have to spend, and not a penny more. So they were driving to Tavaria, That was where the trip was, and they were excited. They got in. They didn't have a car, they had to rent a car, and everything was... Anyway, they were driving and driving and driving, and one of the kids needed to go use the restroom. So the father... Uh, you know, said, all right, we have, to, we have to go. He didn't want to go to any Trefina restaurants to, because was, they are very from, they wanted to, very Machbed not to do anything wrong. So, you know, he drove further, further until finally found a, you know, a kosher restaurant. And the boy goes, go, the father takes the son in the, out of the car. They go into the restaurant and he asks the waitress. The father asks the waitress, "Would it be okay if my son uses the restroom? We're not really intending to to eat, and eat to eat at the restaurant, but would it be okay if we uh, if my son uses the rest?" So she sa- she was like hesitant, but she said, "Okay, you know, do it do it quickly." So while he was using the restroom, the father was standing there waiting for him, and the uh, the main the head waiter comes out and chaps you know, he sees a charedi he sees that he's not you know he's not really eating there he's just you know he just came to use the bathroom he starts screaming in front of the whole crowded restaurant the whole place shushes he says you know you people you charedi them you know you come in you want to use our toilet this is not a public restroom here you know you have to eat here and and uh, you know and and how dare you come in and use our restroom like what, are, what do you think we are over here we're running a business you want to eat fine but then, so the waitress was so nervous. He, like the, the father had, the, had, had, had a real excuse. He's, he got permission from the waitress to use the restroom. It's not, like, it's not such a stretch like to say that. But he, he looked at the waitress. The waitress was like crying. She was so nervous she was going to lose her job. And so listen to what the father did. The father went and he said to the, waiter, to the head waiter, he says, no, no, no. He says, we're eating here. We're eating, we're, we're, we, we need a table for nine, or like seven children plus the father the mother. We're eating here. They, the kids never ate in a restaurant in their life, but he was so mockbid that he didn't want to embarrass this waitress and make her lose her job that he went and he, you know, he told all the kids, come out of the car. The kids were like stunned, like, what, what are we doing? Like, we, we don't eat in restaurants. That's not something our family ever did. They never went to a restaurant once in their life, and they... You know, and they 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 sat and they ate and they were you know the the waiter came over and they were going through the menu and they picked out what they wanted and like you know barabbas nicely. The kids like didn't know like what, but this the child that went to the bathroom understood and he was the one writing this letter. And they enjoyed themselves and and then it came time for dessert. So, the um. Came time for dessert, and all of a sudden, like all of the waiters were like lined up, and they all brought like you know they all had like different desserts in their hand, and there were sparklers and whatever. And so they thought it was this for like other people in the restaurant. This is not for us. And the kids were all mesmerized. And this parade of of waiters came to their table and like started putting down all these desserts. The father said, "No, we can't. It's not you know we don't really you know it's out of the budget. We can't really that." So no, no, it's on the house. It's on the house. Don't worry about it. It's a, so he says, why? He says, the waitress was so moved by what she chapped that you did. She, she saw how sensitive you were that you didn't want to embarrass her. You didn't want her to lose her job. And she was crying and crying and crying. We asked her, like, why are you crying? She told us the whole story that she gave you permission to, to use the restroom but you didn't want to say that so you would, even though it seems like you, you know, you're, you're not wealthy people but you would rather spend money and this was going to be the money for the whole trip they were going home right after this you would rather do that than to embarrass a woman a waitress that you don't even know that you have no so you could have easily passed the blame on her but you didn't she was so moved and so inspired that this is what we want to do for you and then when the bill came to the table, it, was, it said, there's no bill, it's on us, and next time you come back, it's 50% off. And this boy writes that there was no greater vacation that they ever had. Not because they enjoyed the restaurants, the food was good, he said, but we saw who our father was. We saw what a yid does, how a sensitivity, the midas, that, that, that you can never put a price tag on. You can never duplicate that. You have a teaching opportunity and you take, you take advantage of that. There's never, you can't, you, you can't teach that in any school. There's no college that can teach midas. It has to come. When parents have kavanis, they do things right when they have these decisions to make and they understand the ramifications, that they're, long, they're far-reaching. Everything that we say in front of our children, everything that we say in front of our wives, everything that we say in front of our chavrusas, to our friends, everything that we do in life, starting from today, we have to understand that these are seeds. We're planting seeds every day and the trees that come out of these seeds, the Kiddush Hashem that we have opportunities to make, the way we can inspire people by what we do is so powerful. It's so eternal. It never ends. The Achrist as it, there is no Achrist The Achrist isn't a million years from now, but it all starts from right now. Mere We wake up every morning. How do we wake up? We wake up do we do we, do we hit the snooze button twenty times, then like roll over and then look at our phones, see our texts or whatever? Or do we wake up? We say Ma'ad and we wash nagelwasser and we you know we we say well, let's get a start to the day, Geshmak. Let's go to Seder, let's go to and shear and pump and like really grind and really you know pound the Gemara, pound the Seder, pound do do things right every day. We can have a great day, but it all starts from the beginning. The same is true for whatever we do, anything that we do, whenever we're at any new step, new opportunity, do it right. Don't put bad ingredients in. Don't do it shvach. Don't do it shleil shema. It's just as easy to have kavan l'shem shemaim as to have kavan l'shem shemaim. But when you have kavan l'shem shemayim, gives you the siyat d'shema, you have a partner in the Rabbeinu and And whatever you do. That's a partner that I'd like to have. If there's one partner that I want in life, it's the Rabbi Nishlam. He is the Kal yachal, He has all the money. He's the Ain He has everything. So you want a partner like that. The the Nishlam is your partner. When it comes to having a baby, I'll say that there's three from Badam there's Avavima and there's a Rabbi The Rabbi is your partner. But he's only a partner if you include him in the process, if you make it for him. You have children for him. You get married for him. You start a business for him. You get up in the morning for Him. You make a Shabbos for Him. Whatever you're doing, if it's for Him, He's your partner. You're going to have tremendous Hatzlacha. It can't be otherwise. That's the aside that we learn from Rabbi Akiva. From Elisha ben Abuya. we take this lesson and we have to take it into our lives every single day. We wake up, we do things, have Kavan shamayim, invest from the beginning, the tayv Achristav Emmer Shisai. And Amit Shem At will grant us tremendous bracha vatslacha, bechal maisi adenu.